inside. I'm gonna go get lit. Potato! We interrupt this program to bring you this episode of Gamer Squad Radio. This episode of Gamer Score Radio was brought to you by Eververse Trading Company. Guardians, we know you're working hard to defend the last city, but why not be a trendsetter while doing it? The Eververse Trading Company has the best and most diverse collection of emotes, shaders, ships, ghosts, ornaments, and transmat effects available anywhere the light touches. Everyone can do the city dance. Why not set yourself apart from all the kindergartians and show them what true god killer style looks like? Whether you're a titan, a warlock, or even a dirty, dirty hunter, Eververse has what you're looking for. Tess Everest will welcome you to their store, open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, conveniently located next to the Postmaster in the new tower. She will gladly provide you with expert advice as you peruse through the ever-changing collection of goods found across the stars by her father, Fenchurch. She will even decrypt your well-earned bright and illuminous engrams free of charge. Stop by and say hello and step up to the next level of Guardian Vogue, the Eververse Trading Company. Because nobody likes Avalon Teal. All sales are final and no refunds will be issued. Destiny 2 is not pay to win. We sell cosmetics, so relax. Rest assured that by supporting this small business that you are not actively making the Destiny 2 experience worse for everyone else. And even if you were, so what? You're a grown-ass Guardian and you can spend your money on whatever you want. You do you, boo-boo. Hello, people of the internet, and welcome to episode two of Gamerscore Radio. Before we dive into this week's topic, uh, we just want to pause for a second to acknowledge that we failed to introduce ourselves, us two hosts, at the beginning of episode one. Yeah, we sorry may about have, that. Yeah, we may have dropped our information at the end, but we kind of didn't tell you who those people, individuals were. And we even heard from a few people that they couldn't distinguish who was who by voice either. <laughs> Very shocking. So we officially want to extend an apology and uh, we'll make sure that we do better next time. Uh, with that in mind, uh, this is me. And this is me. And welcome to Gamerscore Radio. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how was your... I was going to say week, and then I realized that it's been much longer than a it's week. It's been several weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to... It was, uh, it was your the Titan all Titan episodes of, of episode of Baz, and you're like, we swear another episode is coming out. I'm like, yes, we do. We, we promise it's coming. Don't worry. And the crazy thing was, I think I was a guest on somebody else's show like a couple of weeks before then, and I said this exact same thing. I was like, I swear <laughs> it's coming out. I I think the listeners understand that this is more of like a for lack of better terms, like a part-time monthly kind of thing. So they're not sitting there like tapping their feet going, when's the next episode? Let's go. Come on. Uh, no, they are. Yeah, there's probably a few. Always late, but worth the wait. Yeah, see, there we go. You guys have to like that because it rhymed, right? Get out of here. <laughs> That's all I got for tonight, by the way. <laughs> so before we dive into the subject for this episode, which we will actually introduce when we introduce that part of the show. Uh, something big happened in Destiny 2 this past week. Uh, if you have access to the internet, you probably heard about it. You probably read it. You probably viewed a video by accident. Uh, 
Destiny 2 Forsaken uh, DLC dropped. And uh, yeah, wow. It did. Yeah, that's pretty much sums it up is wow. Yeah, and it's... However, however you think about the story, whether you're a lore person, whether you're not a lore person, there's just a lot of a lot, a lot of content. And I thought there was a lot of content in just the the new area, the Tangled Shore. And then after you finish the story and you finish a couple more quests and missions, you find out about the Dreaming City and the uh, and the end game area. And holy crap! Where have these like awesome landscapes been? Oh, I know, right? Like, my God, these these spaces look huge. Like, they feel like they're so big. I'll say we. Um, I didn't know that there was going to be because I did my best to try to avoid spoilers as much as possible, which meant like ninety percent of my fifty discords or whatever the hell number I'm in were all muted. And then, dude, Discord time, was so dead this week. Like it was it, so dead. You noticed that too, <laughs> yeah, right? Nobody Look, wanted to be in there. Wow, there's no no notifications for this one. Damn, what the hell? Like it's been three <laughs> days in this one. But then, like I don't subscribe to too many YouTube channels for Destiny. But even still, I was getting ones popping up from like different lore masters. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Scroll past. Nope, nope, nope. Because there was that big like data mine or data leak. Uh, in the API or something, I think it was they accidentally put in a lot of the story info and some of the lore info. And oh, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was going around. So finishing the story without any like spoilers for it, like finishing the story, I figured, okay, sweet, we get uh, access to the Dreaming City, right? And they're like, no, here's this quest you have to go on. And you're like, oh, really? Like a quest just open this? And I kind of like the fact that Spider, one of the new uh, NPCs slash vendors, uh, after you go to him, when you get the quest, he goes, typical Awoken, giving you something to give you access to something, but then not giving you all the parts, blah, blah, blah. Yes, thank you. It's exactly how I feel right now. Is your guardian Awoken? Yes. So you got the other dialogue then? The, the only dialogue that I've noticed, like, outright is that when you go into the dreaming city the first time and ghost says you're awoken do you feel something and i was like oh i wonder if that's that's got to be different then for like if you're an exo or you're a human that's awesome i heard that it's different my guy is not awoken so i did not hear that so you didn't get that oh that's awesome and then um does does petra call you cousin or something yes i was really I was super weirded out by that. I was playing the past like couple nights I've been playing with uh with my brother and we get in there and Petra's like, Cousin, over here and I on my mic I'm like, Hey Ben, um did you just go called a cousin by Petra? He goes, No, what the heck are you talking about? Like uh okay. I hopefully that's just something Specific for the Awoken? Because that was kind of weird. Yeah, that's what my cousin was telling me because he's Awoken. And he was like, yeah, she calls you a cousin. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I'm human, so. <laughs> right? You're like, she calls me a cousin. Something's going on around here. <laughs> um, but like we were discussing pre-show, I haven't done too, too much in the Dreaming City. I have 
I uh, did a couple of Petra bounties, but they're pretty tough to do. Because when you first go in, I think I'm light level 504 right now. And you really can't do much in the Dreaming City by yourself at 504. Um, we wandered across a public event. It was Taken Blight. So we were like, oh, cool, Taken Blight. We know how to do this. And each one of us died in like five seconds. And Damn. then that, yeah, the top of the screen where it tells you like what light level you're, uh, excuse me, power level you're supposed to be said 530. Like, oh, oh that, that would be why. So were you even doing any damage? Very little. It was like the minimum amount. And then, um, so in our exploration, you can find chests that have like the world materials. I don't know how to pronounce them specifically. Um, but one of the other things you can find from some of the chests, it, I think it's, I don't have it open in front of me, but it's, it's specific to the Dreaming City. And what it does is it turns you ascendant like right there in the Dreaming City, which I was like, oh, cool. I know what that's like, so I'm going to use it and see what happens. And I used it, and because only I used it, my brother didn't follow me into the Ascendant Realm. And let me see if I can find this stupid thing. Where the hell is it? Give it to me. Uh, here it is. Tincture of Queen's Foil. Ooh. Yeah, right? So what it does is it basically opens up a portal kind of like the Whisper of the Worm one. And you jump into it and you're in the Ascendant Realm, which it looks just like any of the, like the Ascendant Realm from any of the story or anything like that. The difference is, is that uh, there's all these crystals that you would shoot from uh, the public events on Mars, or not public events, excuse me, um, Escalation Protocol. Okay. And you can't shoot them, they're all guarded. And then an Ascendant Champion, Knight drops in, and I... He was immune to everything I did. And I think, and viewers, well, viewers, listeners can correct me if I'm wrong on this. I think it said 580. Holy shit. Yeah, I was like, oh, I shouldn't be in here. But once I died, it just, the ascendant thing ended. So I went, oh, all right, never mind. That's good. You can back out of that. Holy crap. So is that thing, um, is it consumable? Like you lose it once you... Oh, okay, so you gotta go find another one. Yeah, so I have one, I had two because okay. I tried one out just for kicks and giggles, and when I realized what it did, I went, "I'm not using that other one for a while." Damn, five eighty seems like so far away. I mean, I know we'll hit it like in a month or two or whatever because that's what we do, but that seems like such a huge number right now. Oh, I know. Well, they people wanted a grind, right? And they said, "All right, well, you want a grind? We'll give you a grind. Here's your grind." Yeah, it's it's pretty brutal right now. Yeah, I've been following, um, Fluffy's done a lot of, uh, the 100.io stuff, and they've tried to get, like, big, uh, blind well, I think is what, it's the new, uh, escalation protocol of Dreaming City, essentially. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it yet, so. No, I haven't seen it either, but I've I've seen their, uh, 100.io game, like, or attempts to, like, get people together for it. And I know in one of the discords, someone else was talking about it and said, I think we can attempt the 550. I'm like, 550? I'm not even close to touching that. Jesus. So, the grind is real. Yeah, all my stuff that's like over 500, like the the power gear that I got, I was like, oh, like I beat the game, like the campaign mm-hmm. with like a, 
a sidearm and a shotgun and a sword. Nice. <laughs> You're like, this is not what I would normally <laughs> This is use. not normal. Yeah. Because you know how it is. Like, you want to, you have to use the the most powerful gear. So you're wearing like all this mismatching blue stuff, and your guy looks like a dork and all the um the cutscenes and everything. He's like a hobo. Oh, God. Yeah. So <laughs> you're just waiting for some dialogue from an NPC going, What trash can did you roll out of? Jeez. <laughs> you know, there's shaders. You can fix that. I don't want to waste my shaders on that, though. Ugh. No, I know. Screw that. Yeah, I know. But I yeah, mean, this game is so, like, there's so much, I feel like there's so much more stuff to do now. Like, there's bounties upon bounties that you can pick up, and like, yes. no matter what you do, you can get credit for it. It's just, you just, you just have to remember where to go to pick up what bounties, because, my God, everybody has them now. And that's the thing that I've also heard about, um the planetary materials thing for guns and armor is that um, that was kind of, well, that was the grind of D1 too. You needed that stuff in order to upgrade your weapons, upgrade your armor and all that. And I understand them bringing that back. I'm not against it. I think that's, that's a grind thing and people wanted to grind. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's really funny. The number of times that I've seen people actually actively complain on other like Twitter posts about how I got this weapon from Nessus, but it doesn't need the Nessus material. It needs like the Titan material. What the hell? I don't understand. Like, it's random. Who cares? Yeah, it's you're still gonna go regrind that stuff. So what? Exactly. Like, mm. And if you have tons of material, you just uh, by the way, if you haven't finished the story yet or you didn't know this already, you can go to Spider and you can buy that stuff off of him, exchange it with different materials. Yeah. So if for some reason you don't feel like going around Titan with a ghost, if you happen to have a ghost that has the the Titan within 30 meters detection of caches and all that kind of stuff, go to Spider. He might be uh, selling the stuff. Yeah, I infused... Um, what did I infuse? I infused a, a 500 blue scout, or no, a legendary scout that was like no good. Mm-hmm. And I put that into my... Um, What's the one you get from Warmind? Polaris Lance. Yes. And man, <laughs> I was like, this is a lot of material that I'm about to give up to bring you up oh, to 500. Yeah. Like you, you really have to want it. Like you have to be sure. Like, hey, I want it. I really want to do this because you can't just like willy nilly just infuse everything now, which I like. It's you know, yeah, like that. You know, like oh my god, you actually have to use your brain. Heaven forbid. Yeah. It's a different level of thinking behind it instead of just mindlessly going yes throw that into that gun because that's the gun i want not the one i just picked up and i know i did that with the warlock helm uh Nezarek sin i said all right you know what i'm not using any exotics right now i have enough materials to do it and i was i was having trouble with one of the barons and I'm like super, my I potato aim, so I'm super reliant on all my abilities and stuff. So that brings your void abilities back a little faster. So I infused into it knowing that I was burning a lot of materials. But at the time, I thought this is this is necessary because if I don't do this, I'm gonna be stuck in this grind forever. Which uh, subclass did you choose to upgrade with the new super? Uh, at the time. I was on the void lock, so I continued with it. So I've got the void warp, which 
you sometimes I sometimes forget I have it on, so I'll go to activate a super, thinking I need to aim my uh, aim my void shot, and instead I like go void like super sand. I'm like, oh shit, that's right. Ah, crap. Uh, 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 uh. And it took me a while to remember you can actually press the uh, R trigger to actually hold in the burst until you're closer to enemies and then release it instead of just pressing it and shooting it off once. So, um, Brisbear, you know, from our PV team, mm-hmm. PVP team, he, uh, oh, yes. he did the same thing. He, he picked, um, that void warlock also, but yep. he was telling me like, you can blink, but you can't charge it until like, you're not blinking anymore or something like that. Like he said, it's not, it doesn't quite work the way they showed it in the, in that teaser trailer. Yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to look at it again. I, I, I'm 90 nine percent certain that he's right on that i've tried the same thing and uh you have to release the void explosion before you try to the blink is great because i think that as as skilled as some of these pv uh pvp players are you can't really track something random like that i mean hell i can't track where i was going so but i think briz has got it right they're not letting you like get it all the way to full power, blink, and then release it suddenly. You so, have to be more strategic. So can you control where the blink goes? I'm not sure, because I think it works just like the ionic blink with uh, the Stormcaller Super, where you just press the left stick in, and it just blinks. I'm not 100% certain if it's based on where you're facing, or if you can like press it in and like jostle the stick to the left or the right. I'd have to practice with that a little more and find out. I have never used that blink. Oh, it's... Like I have like a thousand hours in D1. I never used that blink, not one time. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> so sad. I always forgot about it, yeah. What, uh, what subclass? With, I'm assuming Titan? Yeah. What I went subclass with did you go with? Striker Titan. So nice. I went with a Superman missile. Hold up the missile. And that thing is, it's ridiculous. Like, it's just a boss killer. Like, That's awesome. I, like, when I was hunting the barons, it was literally like, let me just get them down to two thirds and then hit them with this thing with my head. And then they were gone. It was just so quick. It was dumb. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, I was helping uh, Ian today mm-hmm. finish it up. And he was just like, what happened to the boss? I was like, oh, I hit him with the super. He's gone. <laughs> so, I headbutted him. He's dead. Yep. It's so it's so overpowered. I haven't tried it yet in PvP, but I can mm-hmm. imagine like I don't know the, how you can get knocked out of that thing because it 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 arrives so quickly. Like it's just there all of a sudden. So I did somebody else. It wasn't anyone in any of the podcasts that we know. It was just a random uh, Twitter user, probably another like gamer who does YouTube videos. But he actually had shared a video on Twitter of him in PvP. He's got a shotgun up. And from this dark hallway, he suddenly sees this like electrical burst and a Titan with code of the missile comes flying towards him. And you just hear like one of those like scared yipes and like shoots him and it shows him he killed him. He goes, oh, I did it. I killed him. Oh, yeah. oh he oh, shotgunned yeah. him out of this thing. Oh, that's, that's, he somehow did it, yeah. that's awesome. But it was one of those like, I think it was, a, I want to say it was PC. It was like one of those like mouth click twitch like, oh, I did it. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. If he tried to do it, he probably wouldn't be able to do it. But um, the only other thing of prominence I have, and this, I actually, 
I don't typically rage when I game in general. I, I'm able to keep that mostly under control, but I almost lost it when uh, you go, you fight the fanatics second to last in terms of all of the bosses. And uh, when you go in, it obviously creates like the barrier behind you, so you can't just go running anywhere or anything like that. But I was underpowered by about five, I think maybe ten power levels, and I died a total of six times fighting the guy. And after the sixth death, I was just like super frustrated, ready to throw the controller. I was like, I'm not, I'm not ready for this. And the other reason why I was going to throw it was because I had tried to exit to orbit and couldn't do it. Like it wouldn't let me go to orbit. I'm like, no, I'm going to eventually figure it out and just ran our circles killing ads so that you get them out of the way. But yeah, I think, I don't know if that's the way it's supposed to be or if that's a bug, but yeah, we've been stuck in there for a while or shut your Xbox off or destiny two off, but you just couldn't get out of the mission. Like you're just stuck in it. No. So because it's an adventure, they treat it much like if you start up a patrol, for example, and you decide that you want to go off and do a mission or an adventure, it tells you you can't do another activity until right, you right. cancel out. Yeah. So I, well, that's not even an adventure. That's part of the final story mission. So I don't know why that wasn't working. That's weird. I think that's a bug. I don't know. But that was my own stupidity going in underpowered thinking, I've got this handled and going, no, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> That guy's a pain in the ass. We found a, a glitch too where uh, like before you finish the campaign, you know how Petra is in um, Spider's like little base? Mm-hmm. Like depending on who the fire team leader is, she might not be in there. So like oh, God. me, I had finished it. So I was the lead and then Egan had to go in there and she's not there. <laughs> so God. we had to, I had to make him the fire team lead and then we had to go out to orbit and then load back in and then she was there. Oh my so God. It was weird I mean, I get it because I'm. I guess you know she switches locations or whatever, but still, right. not, that's a. Oh, that's right. For you, she's already changed locations. That's right, because she goes to the Dreaming City yeah. after you finish the story. Yeah, and then <laughs> when Brisbear was helping me, it's it was the same thing. He was lead. He had he had. I think he'd already finished it or whatever, mm-hmm. and then she wasn't there, so he had to make me the lead. That was the only reason I knew what to do was because it had happened to me before. Otherwise, right. we would have been running around like, where is this girl? I've seen this before. Oh, man. But yeah, dude, Forsaken's been awesome. That's it's very, yes. very exciting. There's a lot of there's a lot more fun to be had. The, the raid isn't even out yet. I know. But everyone's getting ready for that championship belt. You can get that championship first time belt. Is that actually a belt? Like a physical belt? I don't belt? know. Because that's awesome. If it is an actual belt, that's pretty amazing. If it's even just like a pin that you can get or something, that's still awesome yeah, too. Anything, right? Yeah, exactly. Because it's unique for the what is it? One, two, three. This will be the fourth, yeah, fourth raid. So there's only three other groups because I think they're all unique groups so far. No one's repeated their vic- the first time victories. I don't think. I don't know. Um, I could be blowing smoke out of my ass. Who the hell knows? But normally, the raid would have dropped last Friday, right? Yeah, because it's typically three, four, yeah, three days after uh, the content drops. Yeah. So now instead, they're waiting a, an, an additional week to let people grind up. Is that what it is? 
It seems like it, and as you and I like just discussed, you hit that 500, and the grind is like super real. So I'm wondering how many people are actually going to be well. Anyone who like took time off of work or this is their full time thing, they're going to be ready to go. But like, I mean, I'm at 504. Yeah, for I don't like know regular how people. Yeah. Yeah, I think exactly. I'm like 501 or whatever. Right, and I don't know how much higher you can get up before like you run out of the powerful engrams or anything. So. I don't know. But the resets are, what, every, there's a couple that reset every four days now as opposed to every week, so I guess you yes. can run those. I think that was in place, too, before, I don't, know, I don't know if it was before Forsaken dropped or not, because I went and I did, no, it was after Forsaken. I went and did the EDZ one where you do, that was the flashpoint, and I earned a powerful engram from it. I was like, okay, sweet. And then when I logged on the next night, it was there again. And I went, oh, it's Flashpoint EDZ. I just did this last night. But yeah, it gave that happened to me too. Ungram. That oh, exact okay. same thing happened to me. Yeah. And I was like, I don't right. want to do this again. <laughs> I wonder if that's something that will show up on one of their like patch notes or something like, oops, we recognize we're giving you too much good stuff. <laughs> no more of that. Yeah. I can't wait for, you know, whoever it is on Reddit to schedule out like all the resets. Like, okay, this is what happens when. Yes. That, that <laughs> like, there's a, so much to track right now. That'll be on a notepad for me next to my computer. Like, okay, which one is it? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's that one. All right. Oh. Or like what route to take to min-max picking up bounties or something. Cause, dude, there's so oh many. God. There's so many. The, the simplest one I found in Dreaming City was the um, just killing enemies. I was like, oh, that's easy. I can do that. But even then, like, you run into some of those yellow bars and you're just like, his health isn't going down. What the hell is going on here? Yeah, but if you're way under, so. Yeah, exactly. So 500 is a soft cap, so we have to break through that using powerful gear. Is that the deal? Yeah, it sounds about right. And when does it break? 510? 520? <sighs> I haven't watched any videos, so I'm not exactly sure no, how the, the system um, works. I'll go out on a limb and say 520. Because I went from 500 to 504 after one piece of powerful gear, so... Yeah, that's true. But I did notice that you go, when you go to the tower, and you also, for lack of better terms, I'll say upgrade the vendors. So like they tell you to go see Zavala and the Ikora and the Drifter. And you can get powerful engrams from them, but the way to do it is, like with Zavala, you, I think you have to play through a strike or a certain number of strikes in full strike yeah, gear. Yeah, full strike gear, so you have to get the gear first. Yep, and the same with the drifter. I'm like, oh, no, that one's not happening yeah. for a while. Same with uh, same with shacks. You have to do the same That's thing. That's one. Yeah. Yeah. So if you kept that stuff for whatever reason, you're you should be good to go with that. Just bring it in and just buff it up though, because I'm sure you try to do a strike right now without it being up to 500 or higher, it's not going to go too well. Yeah, but it also it specifically says season four gear, so you can't use like last year's gear. Well, never mind. Retract what or I Or like last yeah. seasons. Yeah. Because yeah. I had a bunch of uh, tokens, like Vanguard mm-hmm. and Crucible tokens. I just turned them in. And I was like, all right, fine. Give me the full set and I'll go over them right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, Zavala's like, here's three of the same chests in a row. Enjoy. And you're like, so oh. like God damn it. Thanks, <laughs> Zavala. Jesus. Yeah. So thank you so much for that. Yeah. But I think I just need like the, the gauntlets for Crucible and then I can go in there and embarrass myself. There we go. I've only gotten the most gear I've gotten towards any of the specific vendors are two pieces of Eververse gear. Because yeah, I think it, it, yeah. 
Yeah, it's been mostly story for me. I haven't jumped in into PvP yet. I haven't done PvP since Forsaken actually dropped, like officially dropped. Actually, no Gambit yet either. I did it that free Saturday last weekend, but that's mm-hmm. that's been it. Like I've just been, like you know, my mission was like get through the story so that nobody can spoil this for you, basically. Yes, exactly. So, and then I could I noticed it like on Saturday or Friday morning, you know, and I and I messaged you. I was like, dude, I got to get off of social media right now because like people are starting to get more open. You know, when it first dropped, everyone's like, okay, we'll keep my mouth shut. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. And then I started noticing like, you know, oh, look at this drop and look at this. Look what I found. I was like, mm. oh, I know. Yeah, I'm like, like no, People no, are relaxing. No. Gotta stop. And some of the discords were blunt, like right, they would make an announcement right at the beginning, the day before Forsaken going, all channels will be open to Forsaken debate. And I'm like, <sighs> mute. <laughs> that was us too, like in Anti-Meta where like, I asked Adam, like, you want to make a spoiler channel? He's like, nah, fuck it. <laughs> like, all right. Like, Who the hell cares? It's like, I guess it. I'll see you next week then. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but there's weeks and months of fun of this to come. Oh, yeah. There's so much to do. Exactly. And that's without any of the season pass. That's without the raid out. And that's... Y'all wanted a grind? You all wanted more content? Here yep. it is. Yep. It's like I'm looking at it and I'm like, dude, there's so much to do. And then the next drop is like in December already. I'm like, mm-hmm. am I going to get to that? That's, that's there's a lot to do. Because next thing you know, it'll be October, right? and you're going, "What the hell happened to September?" Then November comes around, and suddenly, hey, here's a new content. You're like, oh, oh, damn. Yep. Exactly. We got to jump on though together. We got to get some. Yeah. Get some that's, going. That's, and I'll tell you the one of the reasons why I haven't jumped on as often is because uh, we've been scouting out a a new like laptop slash like Surface tablet or something for my wife for her uh, business that she's trying to start up on the side. And while we were at Best Buy, she came across one of the very few made-to-be couch co-op games for. I know it's on Xbox. I think it's on PlayStation as well. Probably PC. Uh, it came out in March of this year. It's called A Way Out. Yeah. And this is the game that's kind of kept me off of Destiny 2 because happy wife equals happy life. And she's all about the yep. couch co-op stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And couch co-op games are few and far between these days. It's just not the market for them anymore. Yeah, and exactly. Unless you have a Switch. Exactly. If you have, a, if you have like the Nintendo systems you're good to go um but this is one she just saw it and i knew about it because i heard about it through various probably twitter or something on there but she saw it in the store and she was looking at it she's like and she's like oh this is only like 30 bucks and i looked at it like oh yeah that's that's one you can play on the couch together it's you know it's a prison break and it plays really well. Like the gameplay is good, the story is pretty good. The problem is, is that I went into it thinking it was going to be like one of those telltale games where like you make decisions and it affects uh-huh. various parts of the story. The sad thing is, is that the game can only end in two ways, and none of the decisions that you make in the game up until the final decision has an effect on the outcome. And I was like, oh, well. We spent like a minute or two on each of these decisions trying to decide like, should you be the one to talk to this guy? Should my guy talk to that guy? Like, I don't know. And it turned out to not even matter. 
Oh. Yeah, it was kind of disappointing. Like the replay, the replayability is not there. It's it's but again, it's not sixty bucks. If it was sixty bucks and we got to the end, I was like, I just spent sixty bucks on this. I don't think I'd ever replay this. Damn. But for thirty and the amount of gameplay that's like, there's gunplay and stuff in it too. Like, uh, you fly down to Mexico to try to kill basically like a mob boss type guy and there's gunfights so that's a little bit of variability but otherwise i was super disappointed that the story wasn't more varied or could have been varied so if you could equate like the actual gameplay part of it like Mm -hmm. what game does it compare to like what is it kind of like so It's tough to kind of pinpoint one specific one because, like, the first part of the game has your two characters trying to break out of... It's like the 1970s. You try to, like, break out of prison. Is it like a FPS? Like, is it like a... Like, one of those isometric things? It's all third person. Okay. Um, But it's a game where you cannot play with just your... It cannot just be yourself. You have to play with a second human person that can't just be like an AI. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there are segments of it where the two of you have to operate in tandem in order for it to work. So at one point, uh, the two characters are back to back doing that wall walk kind of thing. We both move up using each other's like pressure to kind of move up as one cohesive unit. Uh-huh. But the way they do it is, is there's a little meter and there's a little ball that moves in there. So if you hit X and it's not within the highlighted section, you don't your character doesn't move. So if one of you is on the money with that and the other one isn't, one character moves too too far and you both fall and you have to restart the segment. So it's a lot of like cooperative stuff where you're like, okay, hit X now, hit X now. And then there's a lot of times where one character will go to try and like apprehend another character, like uh, one of the bad guys, but he ends up like, or they end up like in a scuffle and the other player character has to move as quickly as they can over there to help that person. And if they don't get there fast enough, their character dies. You have to restart the segment. So it's a lot of like cooperative stuff. A lot of, a lot of one of your characters crouching down and lifting up the other character to get up to a higher space. And that's where it excels. It excels in like making the two of you sitting on the couch or you like you can I think it was one of you pays 30 and you can invite another person through Xbox or PlayStation to play and they don't have to pay for it, which is another kind of awesome thing. Oh, so there's online capability. There is online. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's cool. I guess so I guess there is a little replayability because you can bring someone else into it that hasn't played it before. But. Uh, just like the game I was talking talking to Lisa my wife about it and she agreed the gameplay is great making you have to do cooperative stuff is great even like she's you you saw her play when uh, we had our PvP <laughs> match um, aiming let's just say I probably killed most of the, the bad guys in that but she liked the gunplay of it and all that but once we found out how it ended she was like that story kind of 
stunk. She's like, how long did we spend in the game? Open up the Xbox app. And it's like, uh, we spent six hours total playing. She goes, yeah, I don't think we'd go back and replay that even as different characters because nothing, nothing changes. It's just the same story. Like, yeah, but at least you, it's 30 bucks. You don't feel like you're paying full price for something that you played six hours of and that's it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm trying to think, um, like you mentioned the Telltale games. Like, I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of how much those cost, like, at launch. Because a Good lot of question. those, like, they, you know, like the Walking Dead ones, I've played most of them. Like, most of the different ones, the Batman and yeah. uh, Borderlands and whatever else. Like, And I feel like the endings weren't different enough to, like, warrant, you know, hey, let me go through this again and try it a different way. It was still more or less the same thing. Like, only, like, one or two things changed. Exactly. So... I think some of the appeal for that, from what I've heard, so like the one that Lisa and I liked the most was uh, the the Batman one, and uh-huh. that's the one that's the one we started off with because we tried the Walking Dead one and we were both like, eh, whatever. Come at me if you got if anyone out there listening is like, that's a great game. Shut up. <laughs> um, but I've heard that the decisions you make in the first Batman one can actually affect decisions in the second one because there's a I think there was a second season, quote unquote, that came out. Oh, and I, yeah, I think it does affect it, but we haven't gotten it yet to give that a shot. Interesting, but that's something I should report back on at some point. Hmm. Yeah, the Walking Dead one was that first one was really really good. Like I enjoyed that yeah. first one. The second season, though, I was like, these people are all a holes. Like I hope you all get eaten by zombies. Like, <laughs> like I didn't like anybody. They're all just jerks. <laughs> How are you all not dead, Jesus? Yeah. But that's my that's my uh, game that I played that wasn't Destiny Two Forsaken. That's so interesting, that's like, man. Like I should uh, I should look into that. I don't know how on board Angela would be, but yeah, we should try that out. I haven't. I mean, it's, we haven't played yeah. a game together in a long time. Like she's just not into it. She just doesn't do her thing. See, that's the thing. Like even if it, even if it was her thing, there's really not that much to choose from. I mean. We went into, yeah. what the hell, we picked up, I think it was at GameStop, I picked up Rare Replay, which has a whole bunch of old school, like, rare games, not including Donkey Kong Country, unfortunately. And one of the ones on there, my wife's personal favorite, is Perfect Dark. And it had the 360 port on there, and we spent, uh, I forget how many hours, over, like, two or three weeks just trying to finish that. And that's one that you can do couch co-op. And she goes, why aren't there more of these games? I'm like, because nobody wants those anymore. That's the thing. Yeah. It's been bypassed. Or passed Fortnite. up. Yeah. Fortnite and PUBG, man. <laughs> yeah. I, um, Angela has a, I bought her a NES, uh, NES Classic. I forget what it was for, what the occasion was for. I was probably sorry mm-hmm. about something. But um <laughs> I bought that for her, and she just—that's what she plays. She plays Mario and um, Doctor Mario. Like she just loves that kind of stuff. Like anything else with anything with more than four buttons, just just like this is stupid. Oh yeah, yeah. Like when she took the controls for our PvP match, she's like, "Oh my god!" Like there's so many buttons. Like I don't understand how you do this. So yeah, that, that was Lisa, and she was like, "What the hell are these things on the back?" And like those are the paddles. She's like, "Why are they here? I don't understand." I'm like, "Oh, it's." It's for easier access to like this, this, and this. And she went, I don't need any of that stuff. I'm like, okay. 
in their defense though we kind of just threw them into there so they're you know it's like oh and by the way it's starting you know like there was like no warm-up yeah. no practice it was just oh these guys are going to kill you now and they're the best team in the league so have fun my, my favorite <laughs> with with that though was the i went back and looked at it and because uh nips had been watching us and or he'd been watching your stream and he was he went on the Discord and he added Dex and was like, Hey Dex, by the way, it's the wives playing in case you're wondering what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and you clearly saw like Dex like actively not trying, but like just some bobs was still running around like oh, he was just, ass I was around. Like, I guess, you know, it's like, it's one of those things like, okay, I'm going to be cool about this for about two minutes, but then let's get this done now. Like we're going to win anyway. So let's just finish this thing. Right. You're like, oh, I'm trying to be nice. But at the same time, like, let's just get this over. Like, I just wish that like we had perspective from everyone else, you know, because the video that I have, obviously, it's just from, you know, Angela's Uh gameplay. So I don't see what Lisa's doing. I don't know where she's going. I don't see where Ian's wife, Heidi, I don't know where she's doing, you know. Or I don't even know what Gator's doing at that point. It's just, <laughs> I just can only see it in the peripheral. Poor Gator. We had four total kills and they were all him. I think he knew what he was getting into. I mean, he was a sub and I, and I let him know. I was like, hey, this is probably going to, this is probably going to happen if the wives agree. So, and to his, Get you know, ready. like to his credit, he was game for it. So thanks that's Gator. True. That's, that's the awesomeness of the community. They're like, Hey, we know this, this is just going to be, you're the number eight seed against the number one seed. We know it's going to be a bloodbath. So let's go have fun with it. Yeah. I don't think they've finished it yet. Have they? I think they're still waiting it's, to play um, the final. From what I've been seeing in discord, it's been a, an issue of schedules, I think, because they're trying to get yeah all four original members of both teams and not any substitutes. And it's been tough, I think. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with waiting it out. I don't think they're in a rush to start a new season, I think. No, no. I'm I'm surprised if they actually do it, another one. I think somebody in the Death Rx Discord had said, Hey, F. Fluffy, what about a uh, a Gambit uh, season? And he was just like, no. (laughs) No way. Dude, that would be so awesome. We we would actually, like, have some modicum of a chance to actually compete in that league. Until someone like Dex invades you and you're like, oh, God damn it. Oh, but you know what I found out was, uh, you know how everyone's been tweeting like death heals primeval? Mm-hmm. It's not death heals primeval. It's invader kills heal primeval. Heals primeval, yeah. So people have just been jumping off the map when the invader comes. Like, that's so cheap. <laughs> so oh, it's like, man. so let's say, you know, like we're sitting there and our primeval's ahead of the other team and then they send their invader. We mm-hmm. all just jump off the map. So he has nobody to kill. He has to go back, and then we all respawn, and then our our primeval doesn't regain any health. That's so freaking oh cheap, dude. <laughs> that was from the the Saturday free play, right? I don't know who discovered. I just I saw it on Twitter, like literally, like less than an hour before we started recording, and I was like, "What the hell?" Like people figured that out. So I'm wondering if that's something that they're gonna fix at some point because I can't imagine oh, yeah. that's the sort I, of strategy yeah. they want. That has to be that has to be patched somehow. That's too easy. That's right? too easy. Well, I can't imagine. Like I always try to think of think of it from, and this is my damn science brain bleeding into this stuff. Like from a quality control standpoint, because their job, QC job in the video game world, is to try to break the thing. And I can't imagine they would have thought of a scenario like, okay, the invaders come in, invader kills, heal the primeval. Hey, let's see if we jump off the map if that heals it. Or maybe 
well, no, they must not have thought of it because it's in there, and I can I cannot imagine that's something that they wanted to have in there. Yeah, and I, I mean, they probably have what a hundred testers or something. And probably. Like as a tester, like you kind of have you. How do I explain it? You kind of have more inside information already because you know what they're trying to do, mm-hmm. right? And you're given this task of okay. I want you to sit in this room for eight hours and just try this over and over again. So you're only trying that one thing. You know, you're not trying to, you know, trying to figure out how can I bypass this rule or whatever it is that they're trying to implement. Absolutely. Like just on a small scale, like when we launched our Discord, mm-hmm. we're like, okay, let's have these rules and we'll have these channels and this and that. And it evolves because people figure out ways to go around what you're trying to do. And you're like, mm-hmm. what the hell? And now, now you multiply that by a million and it's like all a bunch of kids who are just like, how can I cheese this game? Yeah, basically. So of, of course they're going to miss all that kind of shit. I mean, I mean, that one's pretty glaring, but I mean, there's no way they can keep up. There's no. no. And then and I think, yeah, we're on the same page. That's not something that's going to stay in. They're going to patch that because I mean, <laughs> what the hell? Like, I can just imagine like, a scenario where the invader comes in and and this is like a like if it was like a comedy series the invader jumps in and he sees them all near the end just you better not jump and they're like it's a legitimate strategy and they just jump <laughs> off and you're like oh what the hell i would be shocked if they didn't fix that like they're just like oh that's how it's supposed to be like i would be shocked agreed exactly but leave Speak. it to this community to figure it out there we go And now, we're, we're at 52 minutes. We haven't even jumped into I the know, already. actual music. <laughs> already. <laughs> Whoopsie. That's what happens when you bring in Destiny. Oh, God, yeah, especially when new content's in there. Mm-hmm. But without further ado, we can jump into our little music segment here. And yes, I, I will say this, this is, I'm looking forward to our talk on this. I'm looking forward to a lot of, a lot of stuff that we've been talking about behind the scenes because the next couple episodes too should be pretty good if, uh, if we can get all the stuff arranged for it. Right. Um, but for this, I almost, I always want to say this week, this month, uh, the music that we are going to be discussing is the music of the legend of Zelda. There's a lot of it. There is so much. I mean, it's what, 30 games now or something like that across how many platforms? There's so many. It's, yeah, like I've got a, um, just a basic wiki up right now with the titles of Zelda games and it's, it's a lot. And the, the thing that kind of makes it easier though, and it's the first, it's the first thing I kind of wanted to hit is the, um, repetition of a lot of the main themes that you hear yes like i think when people think legend of zelda the first game they no matter what they try to do they always default to ocarina of time because a lot of us are in the same ish age category and ocarina of time came out when we were i'll say anywhere between like seven eight up to like Maybe the early 20s, but not even, probably more like teens and all of that. When it came up in the N64, and I didn't know this at the time, obviously. It's only through researching for this that I found this out. So a lot of the 
stuff you hear in like Ocarina of Time, like the Zelda's Lullaby, that's all from the original games. Yeah, from the first one. Yeah, it's one of those like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Keep using the damn thing. Why wouldn't you? And one of the things that I used to kind of help summarize a lot of this, there was a great uh, Zelda Dungeon is the website I grabbed this article from, and it had a lot of very uh, good points on the Zelda series in general. And the main point that they hit was that musical instruments are just synonymous with all these games. And I think... I haven't played Breath of the Wild, so this is just going off of my reading on it. Breath of the Wild isn't as music-centric, I don't think. Um, I'll, I'll... It... I mean, it's yeah. got... It definitely has a, a good score. It's just one of those things... I mean, at least when I'm playing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so much happening on the screen. Yeah. So you're kind of... You know, like we talked about that in the first episode, right? Like, you kind of forget about the music because you're trying to stay alive or you're just yes. trying to figure out where it is that you're supposed to go um like i can still hear like the same themes from the very very original zelda in um breath of the wild but uh oh, i'd no. have to like listen to it closer like i have to listen to it when i'm not playing it's one of those that's things. the thing yeah. yeah and actually one of the things i didn't notice this till i read it and i went back because i have uh i have ocarina of time on the 3ds so it was a great way of kind of doing research on the go, sort of. Um, and I didn't think about, again, like you said, and we've discussed this in episode one, when you're playing a game, your main focus, especially the first time through, it's not on the music. As much as you want to tell yourself, I'm going to think about the music this time through, you always go back to story, yeah. uh, gunplay if it's a first-person shooter, or in this case, like the puzzles you're dealing with in Zelda or how to deal with an enemy. Um, they're up until... I don't even remember what game introduced actual like voice acting. I don't know if it was Breath of the Wild or not, but like all the early games, there was no voice acting. There was no like nope. spoken dialogue. So the music kind of drives it to an extent. Like the atmosphere of these different like temples or dungeons you go into, it's all based off of whatever theme is playing as you go in. And it kind of forces you to listen to it when you're playing, even if you're focused on everything else. Um, like me, I was able to find... Actually, it was really hard to find any of the soundtrack stuff like from the actual games through any of my music apps, which I was kind of shocked by. But I found a great orchestral score for... I'm going to keep referencing Ocarina of Time since it's the one I can find. That's um, fine. Yeah. When they uh, played the Forest Temple theme, most of it was kind of, for me, it was lost in the different kind of instruments that they used with a more modern orchestra. But there was always a little kind of motif about halfway through their version of it that just, it made my memory go back to running around the temple trying to figure out the puzzles. And... You know, and that's the common theme that we're going for with with these kind of like the games and the talks is that it's all ba- it's all your memory, it's all the nostalgia. That's what music does for you. You hear yeah. a musical like score, and your brain just jumps right into however old you were, wherever you were. Exactly. Yeah. And like you were saying, so Breath of the Wild to the first one's The Legend of Zelda. 
And they're using themes from that very first game still today. So if you play them all from the beginning, I mean, I'm sure, I'm guessing like you played it and you heard it and were like, I've heard that before. They used that before. It still sounds really good. Right, right. And again, I mean, it's not broke. Why would why would you replace it with something else? Although I did find out that which one was it? Oh, I had it here somewhere. <laughs> Don't mind me flipping pages. Ugh. Okay, so what I found out, and you might find this interesting, so the compo- the original composer sound director for the games was Koji Kondo, and. Uh, he wrote the theme, the Legend of Zelda theme, in a single day. And the only reason why he did that is because they wanted to use uh, a song or a score called Bolero by Maurice Pono Ravel. And they couldn't, he found out the last minute, they couldn't use it because of copyright issues. So it was one of those panic moments where he was like, I imagine he was sitting behind a desk like we are right now and went, how's it going with that uh, copyright thing? Oh, we can't use it. There's a copyright issue. Um, shut my door. I will be writing music down for the next 24 hours. Don't just, don't bother me. But that's apparently how that came about. It's funny, like, you know, we were talking before we started recording today, like, you know, like sometimes your best work comes from when you're just winging it and you're just like, oh God, I have to get this done right now. Exactly. You know, so that's, that's amazing. The, the listeners would be very scared if you listen to other podcasts and have heard my oh so professional and oh so amazing cookie monster impression those are not written bits I literally walk outside my work building and just, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah 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 or like just into my phone <laughs> and it's not planned so yeah some of your some of the best work and I put air quotes around that best work comes from yeah, just flying off the seat of your pants and just going, whether it's forced on you or not, just, oh, I suddenly need to make the score of music I didn't know I needed to make. Um, yeah, exactly. It's so funny. You know, it's, yeah. speaking of that, that original score, you know, um, it's always, you know, I was, God, 10 when the Nintendo mm-hmm. came out. Like, I was about that age when I started playing Legend of Zelda. And that's, like, I've said it before on Antimeta. Like, that's my favorite game of all time. I got to play mm-hmm. it once every six months, at least. This is and, the original? Yeah, the original. Yeah. And that um, that music, it's like... Obviously, when I was younger, I didn't appreciate it. But now, when I listen to it now, it's just... I marvel at what they were able to do with the limitations of the hardware. Like, right? It's, it's literally... It's just beeps and squeaks. But they're able yeah. to make it... You know, like, they add a little bit of a, like a reverb echo to it. So, it makes it sound, like, a little bit more mystical or whatever. Yeah. And... um. And it's the same, like, you know, like that, uh, the overworld theme when you're running around. It's just, it's so, mm-hmm. it's, it's iconic because it's, like, it's courageous. Like, it feels like an adventure. Like, you're about to set out and you're about to just save the world. It just, it makes you feel that way. Like, it makes you feel like a hero. Absolutely. And then when you crawl down into a dungeon, all of a sudden it gets all mystical and, like, it's mysterious. And you're just kind of worried about what's good, what's behind the next door or whatever. And when it jumped to... I want to say, yeah, right about Ocarina of Time is when they started, you know, getting like more complicated with the music. Mm-hmm. It was, it was still the same themes, but you could, you know, they added so much more to it. And 
sometimes it really worked really really well and sometimes you're just like i just like you you lose it like you said like it's it only sounds familiar it's not that same thing anymore right and so i mean the originals are just so iconic they're just so they're just so well written that that's what like when you first brought this up and you're like hey let's do zelda like mm-hmm. my mind automatically is straight to 8-bit music like that's what that was where you know like that was my ringtone for a long time you know like that kind of thing <laughs> So, yeah, it, it's it's nice to have watched it like evolve to to point now where, like you said, it's like, it's like a full orchestra. And mm-hmm. I think when they wrote it, they didn't mean for it to be like that. You know what I mean? Like it's just, I'm just gonna write you a real quick melody, and we'll just play it on loop. And absolutely for someone to come along and translate it, and then make it into like an orchestral movement. Like it's just it's amazing what they were able to do with just like that little tiny harmony. You know? Oh, absolutely. It's freaking cool, and and you're you're absolutely right. Like it's amazing to watch the kind of evolution of it from eight bit days, which eight bit hasn't gone anywhere. I can still I can go into Apple Music on my phone. They're not we're not sponsored by them, by the way. I'm just mentioning it, unfortunately. <laughs> um, if I go if I go into my music app and I can actually s- search up various groups. Nobody, I wouldn't say that they're like nationally recognized or anything, but they're like 8-bit groups that have turned anything from like Toto's Africa to like any of the more like even like heavy kind of rock, like heavy metal into 8-bit like songs. And you would think it'd be something like, like if you were to boot up like your N64 with like a fancy like TV these days, the pixels are just like, you can feel them like eating at your retina. It's so awful. (laughs) So you would assume that 8-bit music would do the same thing to your eardrums. They would just like, it would just get in there, just feel like a pencil being shoved in your ear, but it's not. You can, like if you grew up with that 8-bit music, it doesn't sound off at all because it's bits of your like, I'll call it your sound memory that just remembers that 8-bit music and just goes, this is nice. I like this. You're so right, dude. Yeah. You're so right? dead on. And that's the, that's the thing I think of, like, because my kid is 18 months old now, and I'm thinking there are so many things that when you're when you're my age or when you're half my age even, you're going to say, like, what's 8-bit? I'm like, oh, what's 8-bit? Oh, my God. I need to sound like an old man for a second. Let's go. 8-bit. Yeah. And, but that's going to be like the same thing for anything that's coming out now for them, you know, that nostalgia is not going to be there. So being able to like have access to like this eight bit stuff and however you might be able to get access to the Zelda stuff. If it's something you grew up with, you can still appreciate it. It's not going to kill your ears. Well, it shouldn't kill your ears. Hopefully. Um, You're so dead on man. Like the eight bit music, like, because of nostalgia, it has aged well. Like, when you listen to it again, you're like, dude, this is freaking awesome. And if you listen to, like, 8-bit covers of modern music, it's equal mm-hmm. to, like, dude, this is so cool. But, like, like I said earlier, like, when my wife is playing Super Mario on the NES Classic and I'm looking at it mm-hmm. on a freaking HDTV, I'm like, dude, oh, this God. looks like crap. Like, oh, my God. Like, what did we fire up? It was one of those, oh, God. Streets of Rage, I don't know, something. It was mm-hmm. something of the, of that nature. Maybe it was Ninja Turtles. And I was like, oh my yeah. god, this looks awful. Like, this looks <laughs> so bad. Like, this is... And I remember being that age thinking, oh my god, these graphics are so awesome. But, nice. like, you don't... Um, but it hasn't. Like, it doesn't age well. But the music, the music just continues. 
Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, you're so dead on, dude. It's, it's, I feel like it's much easier to wear out and do some pretty damn good damage to your eyesight with those old school graphics versus just listening to the old school music. And and like you pointed out, like even with some of these things like the Master Sword game, when you pull it out of the pedestal, that's that wasn't original to Wind Waker. It's not original Ocarina of Time. That's from uh, Link to the Past. And the theme worked. They obviously stuck with the theme, and it still sounds good. Zelda's lullaby has been used throughout the entire series. It still sounds good. Yeah, exactly. It, sound, it sounded so good. They, what the hell game was it? Was it Skyward Sword that they they turned Zelda's Love Light backwards and made it like Song of the Goddess or something like that, I think. I think it was Skyward Sword. What? Yeah. I think that's right. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna check myself here because if I don't, I'm gonna sound like a fool. Like That's amazing. Host number one or number two or whatever his name is, he's an idiot. <laughs> the non Asian one. It's him. <laughs> it was still the greatest. <laughs> Discord conversation ever. <laughs> oh my god. Which one is used the Asian one? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, whoa. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> oh no, you hear my typing. Yeah, Cyrus Sword, that's what it is. Okay. I thought I remember reading it and then I was like, wait, I don't remember if that's right or not. I don't need like because I wouldn't call myself like a hardcore like live and die Zelda. Like, I'm a fan of the series, but I'm not live and, live and breathe it. The last thing I need to do is say something like that, and then one of the listeners is like, son of a bitch, the hell's he talking about? God! <laughs> um, no, so, and speaking of Skyward Sword, I was really, I was really uh, interested in finding this out. We were talking about how it's gone from 8-bit and then Ocarina of Time kind of played with it a little bit using the technology at the time. Skyward Sword was the first one that actually used live symphonic music recorded for tracks, which is awesome oh, huh. that we can do that now. I mean, well, any game, I mean, listen to any, like, you, you saw me fangirl about the Forsaken soundtrack when it came out because you, you just listen to it and you're like, I'm in, like, I'm in the Tangled Short now or something like that. And Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And the Zelda games do that to you too. Like you listen to any of the dungeon music, and you, and you kind of feel like you're in there too. And that means that the music has done a good job. It's it's brought you into the scenario that you're in, and you're not about to leave that scenario, even though you know it's not real. You know it's in the game, but your mind is like, I am not leaving until I'm done with this dungeon. Yeah. Go to bed. I'm not gonna finish this. And then when they, by keeping the same themes over and over again, like you can hear a version of it and it doesn't even have to be the song from the actual game that you remember fondly, but it still takes you to some part in that game. Yes. You know, like, oh, it's dungeon music. Okay, so I remember my favorite dungeon from Wind Waker or from, you know, wherever else, Link to the Past. Absolutely. Because they use the same themes over and over again. And it's just, I don't know, man. They do a really good job of keeping things consistent music-wise in this series. I haven't played them all. I think I stopped playing GameCube. Like, I think I did Wind uh -huh. Waker, and I think that was the last one I played. I didn't play the... Skyward Sword is the one on the Wii? Or the Wii U? I'm gonna say Wii. Definitely Wii U. I want to say it was on the Wii as well. 
but definitely the Wii U. There was one on the Wii where you actually like had to swing the thing around to swing the sword. I don't know yeah. which game that one was, but uh, I know my brother played that one, and he had um, Abby, my daughter, play mm-hmm. it when she was like, oh my god, she must have been like three or four, and we were just mm-hmm. we just told her just swing. <laughs> she was like, she's like, what am I doing? Yeah. Just swing, you'll be fine. Don't worry yeah. about it. So I don't even remember what that. I mean, I never touched it. I don't. I don't know. I, I haven't listened to that music. I'd have to to see if they incorporated it. I mean, I imagine they did. I, I would be surprised if they didn't. But uh, I think so, definitely. I mean, they had a whole. They had been doing it for the previous games, so they probably kept that trend going. But it's interesting because I don't have as much of the. I mean, we have access to all these, like all the old games, Adventure of Link, A Link to the Past, Link's Awakening. But I really, the, the in my parents' house growing up, like we had, we had an Atari of some kind. I couldn't tell you which one. And then we jumped to Super Nintendo, so we never had like the NES. Oh. And but even with like the Super Nintendo, we never had any of the Zelda games because it's not like my brothers and I were the ones going out to the store to buy these things. So my real first experience with. Zelda was Ocarina of Time because my my uh, now wife at the time that I met her she had a Nintendo 64 and when we finally I moved up to New York from Virginia and she said okay I'm into games you're into games I need to let you know something like okay what's going on she's like I started Ocarina of Time like fucking 10 years ago we need to think (laughs) that oh like where are you in the game she goes I got stuck trying to uh, make Link get older. I couldn't figure it out, so I stopped playing. It's been 10 years. Let's finish it. I'm like, okay, yeah, we can do this. Because at the time it came out, it's not, the internet was in its infancy, so it's not like we'd jump That's online so and funny. find yeah, this stuff. Right? Yeah, you had to right? figure it out, yeah. And oh it, was one of those, it was one of those things that it turned into, like we played it together, but by together she was like, okay, I'm going to look up all the stuff we're going to go without the guide, but if we get stuck, I'm going to look this up, because I am not leaving this for another 10 years. I'm like, it's okay, fine. Get this done. And it kind of... That's so awesome, dude. Oh my god, that's so awesome. Right? Such like a great that, story. Having that be your first experience, and then you go in, and you're like, I kind of want to play the other ones now, because of how, like, in-depth this was. Like, Because it wasn't just, oh, let me pick this up, I guess, for kicks and giggles. It was the significant other going, we are going to finish this game. You also started with, like, the best one. That's what I've heard, yeah. <laughs> That's, like, arguably the best one. Uh, and, yeah. If you have time, like, if you have, like, a few hours or whatever you want to kill, try to find Link to the Past for the Super Nintendo. The that past, one's yeah. freaking amazing. Like, that one... I was always a fan. You know, like, I've been a fan. I've played all the, the Game Boy ones or whatever. And up to that point, but when Link to the Past came out, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, this is so epic. Yeah. Like, that was a huge jump. And I think before Ocarina, that was like de facto, like that's the best one. Like no one was going to argue with you. Yeah, so. what I had heard is is that uh, Link to the Past was, like you said, de facto. That's the go-to, like of the quote-unquote. Well, not quote-unquote. What am I talking about? Yeah, pre-Ocarina of Time Zelda games. That was the like best one. And then Ocarina of Time came out, and everyone was like, "Oh, Ocarina of Time." Then Majora's Mask came out, oh, and went, this is so dark. <laughs> and then, then Majora's hell? Mask came out, and I was like, whoa. And I got the, I don't talk bad about games typically, but I got probably the worst, like, 
bit of music in that game stuck in my head, which is when it's nighttime and you go to Clock Town and it's got the two dancers doing their like slow motion whatever the hell like dance they're doing. <laughs> the creepy dance. <laughs> yeah, the creepy dance with like the creepy like whatever the hell uh, music they're using with the synthesizers just oh what is this in my head now? Like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> not even an earworm, just you hear it and you're like, oh, oh no, oh no, speed up time, speed up time, make it yep. speed up time, oh. But <laughs> that's funny. That's probably the only example I have of any of the tracks in here that just would drive me nuts. Most of them I can, I'm that type of guy that can listen to the soundtrack and not get bored of like, hey, did you listen to that new like Eminem's album? Like, no, I'm still listening to, uh, Link's Awakening music, they're like, what? What are you doing with your time? Like, uh, listening to great music, obviously? Yeah, uh, I get that a lot too, man. We have a lot in common in that, uh, in that respect. It's, it's hard to avoid when you, when you play video games and you hear the music in it. You're inclined to kind of download it. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're paying attention to it, you know? Yeah, exactly. And what do I have here? So you, we had both, we both mentioned the orchestral stuff, whether it's been in game or it's been like a live orchestra doing it and making it sound like it was written by, God knows what composer, but not like Zelda music, just like an actual like piece of music from an orchestra. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if they were touring this or they might be done. There's actually a group slash series of concerts called symphony of the goddesses i think i've heard of this yeah here it is there we go i had them on here somewhere so oh they may have stopped earlier than that because their website only shows the 2017 tour schedule but so here's just an like just an example of what they did in 2017 uh they did a general overture they did some interludes. They jumped into Dragon Roost Island from Wind Waker, a, me- a medley of Majora's Mask, Breath of the Wild, and then, oh wow, there's an intermission. Wait, I missed a whole like, section of this. Jesus. Skyward Sword, Offering of Time, Temple of Time. Like, they just threw everything in there, and that's... And the thing is, is that there's, there's people like you and me that are into the music that are buying the tickets to this stuff. They're going and, like listening to this live because that's for anyone that played these games to be able to actually see the instrumentation playing this stuff this god would just be like kicking like the music leverage into your head like crazy like yes yeah. this is amazing but that just part 2017 i really thought they had stuff going in 2018 i guess i mean is, is that group the one that also does um final fantasy music i'm not sure because that was big too like when I was growing up like you know I played I've played every single one up until 12 yeah and you know they they kind of do the same thing they kind of have like these kind of repeating themes but I mean they also have very very defining scores for each one yes and again they're written in either 8-bit 16-bit or whatever it's still like synthesizer music right Oh god! Yeah, and then the absolutely. first time I heard it, like played with an orchestra, I was like, "Oh my god! Like this is—it's otherworldly, man! It's, right? it's unbelievable." Let's see if this is the same group. No, this group only 
probably does. Um, well, may, there might be some of the musicians. It doesn't list them individually, but maybe some of the musicians have been part of other groups that have covered like Final Fantasy. But it looks like this is specifically like Legend of Zelda, Symphony of the Goddesses, and that's that's basically it. Do they have uh, a Twitter? We should I should follow them on Twitter so I know if they ever go on tour again. That's what I look for too. Yeah, so it looks like there's nothing listed in 2018 right now. They did stuff in 2017. Yeah, they were all over the place. Dublin, Miami, uh, anywhere else that wasn't the U.S.? No, mostly U.S. Wow. In fact, it's kind of weird. Dublin's kind of sandwiched in there between San Jose, California, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, they do go to Canada, Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary. Oh, and how did I miss all these? Germany, Spain, France. Wow, I can't read, apparently. That's my problem. Oh, they're everywhere. That's cool. They even go to Sydney, Australia. Look at that. See, they don't leave the Australians out. <laughs> Log and Bob and them will be happy to hear that. Exactly. Hell, they've even been... They were on the late show with Stephen Colbert at one point. That's pretty awesome. That is cool. Should look into that. Well, I hope, yeah, I hope they, well, no, 2018 is practically over. I wonder what the hell's going on with that. Eh, it's something I'm looking to, I guess, because I'd pay money to see that live. Yeah, out here during the summer, like, the Hollywood Bowl has, like, the concert series, and they mm -hmm. used to have, like, um, like an orchestra that would cover, like, video game music. Mm -hmm. But they, like, closed the Hollywood Bowl, so I don't know where they do it anymore. Mm. They closed it well, so that they could build... Um, Harry Potter Land at Universal oh. Studios. So God, Harry Potter. <laughs> it's like, hmm, what's more? What's gonna make us more money? Hmm. Harry Potter. Oh. That's more music yeah. right there. That's just amazing. Oh my God, John Williams. That's. It's. I will say, like, I know one of the things we said in episode one was, or maybe we mentioned episode one was that we were going to make sure that with the albums we were covering, soundtracks we were covering, that it wasn't always going to be 100% like soothes your soul music because then it makes it sound like, you know, we don't like yeah. to talk negatively, obviously, but uh, it's so, so hard to find soundtracks that are bad, inherently bad. And I know, like, when you listen to, like, a soundtrack for any kind of a game, like, well, we always come back to it. So if you like just listen to like the Destiny soundtrack, I'm sure people can find one or two tracks on there that are like, eh, not really a fan of that one. But it doesn't sour the entire, you know, the entire right. album. Yeah. And I know I personally have had a really hard time coming across any game soundtracks that I've gone, this is complete garbage. How did this make it in? Yeah. Where's the checks and balances on this one? And even if it's, like, not, like, feel-good music that's going to make you happy or whatever, like, that music for that portion is designed to make you feel a certain way. You're supposed to be sad or scared or something else, you know? Like, it's not exactly. supposed to be feel-good music, so. Oh, yeah. And listening to, I still have it downloaded, as long as it's still available, uh, the soundtrack for one of our potential future episodes, I was listening to it going... There is not a single happy note in this entire soundtrack. Nope. Oh. And you know and, what? The whole game is not happy. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's what I... When I watched the YouTube bit on it, I went, oh my god. Yeah. Like, 
I'm not smiling. What's going yeah, on? That is a rough game, and the music yeah. just fits perfectly, but we won't get into that for now. No, I just wanted to bring that up as a point that, like, like you were saying, like it doesn't always have to be like happy music, but as long as it hits that emotion that they're looking for, that's what matters. And Zelda does the Zelda series does a good job of that. Um, I, I have a real hard time minus, and it's that's so minor that Majora's Mask one because it's so situational. Because you're so focused in that game because of the freaking three-day window, you're so focused on all the individual challenges and puzzles that you, you could or could not wander upon that instance of creepy dance music. But it's really hard to go through the Legend of Zelda music and find something that you just kind of say, oh, this needs to be out of this game. Why is it in there? And I have to, I have to remind myself that when you're listening to 8-bit music, you have to remember it's 8-bit. Like, you can't sit there and say, this music sucks compared to, like, Breath of the Wild. Like, well, yeah, because Breath of the Wild has 2017, 2016, 2018 style musical yeah, it's, a, it's a completely different medium. Like, literally a different medium. Exactly. You know, it's like a, it's like comparing a drum solo to a guitar solo. It's just that's exactly. not the same. Like, you can't yeah. do it. Hey, you'd be surprised how many people are like, that drum solo kicked ass. Ugh. Like, what? Okay. But Um, even, like, what you said with that creepy dance one, like, that's how it's supposed to make you feel. You know, you're supposed to be like, what the fuck? You know, like, that's that's how it's supposed to make you act, so. That's true. Yeah. As irritating as it is, and, (laughs) I mean, it is, it's written well enough that, like you said, earworm, it's stuck in your head. Now I can't get it out. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Just like it's been one week since I've heard that song. That's an earworm for someone who should not be named. Oops. I mean, <clears throat> my bad. Uh, no, but it's, you're, you're right. Like, it's one of those, like, they captured the moment. They captured the creepiness like they're supposed to. But like you said it's an earworm. You just get it in there. And you're like, ah, oh, get this thing out of there. I don't want to listen to that one. Get something else. Yeah, where you get to the point where you're like actively looking for something else that's bad so that you can just have that stuck in your head instead. Oh, man. Exactly. I've been there. Why am I doing this to myself? Mm -hmm. But I think... So going back to... I'm sure there's ways to find like the original soundtracks without spending a fortune on eBay or Amazon or something like that. Look up some of the like orchestral compositions for some of these Zelda songs because it's pretty damn amazing what they can do with oh yeah it's mind blowing yeah and you'll still get that same sense of nostalgia like I said you listen to I think what what do I have I have it actually on here now let's see I won't play it obviously but where'd it go so it's listed as various artists but it's called The Hero of Time. It's just music from Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. And it's all orchestral, but I listen to each one of the tracks, and the only the only one that stands out as blatantly obvious is Man with Evil Eyes, which is when Ganondorf shows up on his horse outside the castle when yeah. you're young Link. Right, right. That one's blatantly obvious because it's so like evil, that music at that point. But the rest of it, like, you kind of get lost in some of the 
orchestral movements they make until like you hear that consistent theme that you remember from playing the game and you go, I remember what this is now. Okay. I know I know what they're doing instead of going, what are they doing right now? Oh, that's what it is. Right. And, and like I said, it's I still get the nostalgia feel from that first time of booting up that old N64 and going, let's make Link an adult now since you haven't done that in 10 years. And it still works. It's not the original track, but it still does the nostalgia, which I appreciate they, they were able to do that with a full live orchestra like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, music is good. Games are good, too. Sure this is good, too. Yeah. Like, I know Forsaken just dropped. Spider-Man's out. Red Dead is out in a week. Oh, crap. Um, right. Dragon Quest Eleven is coming out. Or is already out. Like, there's so many... <laughs> freaking good games about like that are either out or dropping right now but if you can find time to just play a couple of these just older zelda games i mean breath of the wild play that too but oh yeah i mean if you can find time just you know half hour here or there it's yeah. it's a good ride man and the music is just it fits so well like it's just it does. it's such an it's so adventurous the music it just it really makes you feel like you're about to go on this epic journey that's just gonna change the world and your life and all this other stuff it's just exactly it's good and if you guys want to uh send us some of your your favorite tracks like let us know what what stuff you're into because i know one of my favorite things to do in discord is to drop a a, like my favorite track from a certain game and have someone like jmar be like really that's the one you're going with. Of all these songs, <laughs> you chose that one. Like, that's right, I did. I'm weird. Come at me. That's so funny. Um, and it just goes to show that you can have your favorite could be something completely off the wall, and nobody's gonna think that that's the song title that comes out of your mouth. And they go, "Oh, oh, that's interesting. Now I kind of want to listen to that and see what you're talking about." Yeah. I mean, and... when it when it comes to opinion. There are no wrong answers, right? Like, you can like what you like, and don't apologize. Like, that's all that's there right. is to it. Never apologize for your uh, for your opinions, because that's you're you're allowed to have your opinion. And we're never we're never gonna look at uh, an opinion here at Gamer Score Radio and say that's stupid, because we are not experts in the music industry, so therefore our own opinions are of our own choosing and not from a large musical background so i mean we won't say your opinion is stupid on the air that's 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 what yeah we'll leave it at that yeah that's (laughs) (laughs) i mean damn trade secrets (laughs) no but i know um we've done all this talking about 8-bit stuff and i know that uh someone who's reached out to us says that they are a big uh his, uh, yeah, I'll call them a history buff of 8-bit music, so I would be super interested to uh, to try to throw some questions together and see if I can't if we can't stump them at some point. That sounds like a good idea. Right? So yeah, um, Legend, the Legend of Zelda series. Uh, it's, God, it's been around forever. And it's, I, I don't even know what they're going to do after Breath of the Wild. The amazement that I've seen from Breath of the Wild. So, yeah. I mean, the franchise has been around for over thirty years. 
Yeah, yeah the 80s, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like 85. I want to say 85. I think that's correct, yeah. I mean, it just goes to show you the level of preparation I put into this that I don't... I could have Googled that five minutes before we started, but... <laughs> this has been the brilliance of... And I never would have thought of a two-monitor setup for the computer, but my but Lisa said, hey, I have two monitors at work, so if we're making a PC at home, I'd love two monitors. I'm like, oh, this is so good, because I can have, like, my Google stuff and, like, search it on this, and then Skype's on the other one. Sweet. Oh, dude, once you go multi-monitor, like, going back to one, you're like, oh, my God, I feel like a freaking caveman. That's why work is the worst. Like, uh, hey, can you bring up that document and also that email? I'm like, oh, I have to minimize stuff? No. Damn it, this is stupid. Do you want me to get my work done or not? Yeah, exactly. Like, give me another <laughs> monitor. No, you can afford that. God, fine. You should just bring one in from home, like an old one. We're like, look, you're not going to give it to me. I'm just going to use this old CRT one that's like 13 inches and it's just green and black. Oh, see, I debated doing that at one point, but then I found out someone else tried to do that, and our IT department, like, flipped their shit, and we're like, no, we don't know anything about that, oh, oh wow. It's a monitor, yeah, come on. It's a monitor, it just plugs in. You can't get a virus through a monitor. It's one thing when you have a uh, piece of scientific equipment that's shipped from the uh, seller or vendor that is preloaded with Windows XP, and all the computers on the network are Windows 10, that's when up your IT department goes, whoa, 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 you better not connect that to the network. You don't know what the hell's going on with that XP system. But yeah, monitor, come on, get out of here. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, this is... We, so, we, we had a lot of pre-music content here, but we've gotten to an hour and a half. And this was nostalgia trip from whenever you guys, your listeners have been playing the Zelda games, whether it's from the 80s when they first came out, whether you jumped into them in the 90s or 2000s, or hell, if you just picked them up in the past couple of years. Because you've got access to them. There's people on eBay. There's pe- people in companies on Amazon selling this stuff. If you want to go and buy Majora's Mask for the N64, the gold version, for like $300... Be my guess. But it's a lot of nostalgia there. And I I challenge you guys to uh, find a negative thing to say about the soundtrack that does not include this 8-bit sounds like crap versus the new music because that doesn't count. Yep. Agreed. 100%. Like You can't compare 8-bit versus a full orchestra. It's just not the same thing. Nope, it's not even it's not even apples to oranges. It's however far away you can get from <laughs> comparison. And uh, and yeah, that's been the Legend of Zelda series. Good stuff. And we're not a hundred. And this is, I think I speak for both of us. We don't a hundred percent know what episode three will be just yet because this is more based on. Uh, if we want to get through the list of people that would love to talk about the games that they're passionate about, it's a, it comes down to organizing and trying to figure out availabilities and stuff like that. Yeah, that's people think like the coming up with content or editing audio is like the hardest thing to, about making a podcast. No, it's coordinating time for guests. That's what oh makes God, that's yeah. the hardest thing to do. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll tell you right now, it doesn't help when you have uh, when you have an idea in mind for an episode, and you're like, this this would be a great game. To look at the music of you get one one person reaching out to you going hey 
this is great. I'm nominating myself for this. Then you get another one who nominates it. So you get them together in a room and go, hey, uh, so how do you guys feel about this? And the discussion leads to uh, that old quote from Bane in The Dark Knight Rises. Except for music. It's like, oh, you merely adopted this game. I was born in it. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Which is another thing I think we can... Um, we can say, if you guys uh, have a particular game, guys and gals, I'll say, if you have a particular game or game series that you think we should talk about, or you'd even be interested in talking to us about it, because Lord knows we would love to have people on to do all of the musical talking for us. Um, oh, I know, right? Right? <laughs> by uh, all reach, means. <laughs> by all means, if you love that game, come on and talk about it. It'd be great. I'll take notes, I swear. Um, reach out to us. You can find us on Twitter at Gamerscore Radio. Nothing fancy. It says as it sounds. Or send us an email at GamerscoreRadio at gmail.com. Uh, we will respond, I promise. Um, but we're always open to suggestions because it's, uh, we come from open communities on all the discords and Twitter and all that, and it wouldn't do all of you listeners justice if we didn't take your suggestions and run with them. Like, I, someone else had recommended Legend of Zelda. I want to say Absolute Zero, I think, reached out to me when we first announced Gamers Go Radio and said, Legend of Zelda series would be great. And so I know that's why it made my list initially. So we are always listening. Yeah, we definitely take feedback and suggestions, all that to heart. Like, we... Like, I think we mentioned it in the first episode, you know, like John and I talk all day, every day. So we can do this just by ourselves. So, but we started this so that we could include the community and everyone else who wants to be involved. So by all means, please reach out. Like it's, we're happy to read your stuff that you send us and, you know, your ideas, they, they hold weight. We're not sitting here thinking, you know, Hey, this is our show. We're going to do whatever we want. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, it's our show and we're going to do whatever we want, but <laughs> it's not at the cost of, hey, your ideas don't mean anything because this Sorry. really is. It's for you guys, the listeners. And uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And please do send stuff in because uh, inevitably I will get the same bug that I've gotten for other podcasts and just send in stupid nonsense. Um, as an example... Lilo and Stitch is on Netflix. We put it on for about 10 minutes for Abby, my daughter, to watch, and she was kind of eh about it. And it kept playing on, and it gets on to a point where Stitch talks. And my daughter loves the Cookie Monster. I, I started talking about Stitch talks and all like this. And my daughter went nuts, and I'm like, oh no. Yeah, I just opened up a whole one. new like, path in my heart. Like, shoot. Dude, Disney knows exactly what they're doing. Exactly. They know exactly what they're doing. I was there. Uh, I was at Disneyland yesterday. It's just the marketing is unbelievable. It's it's next level. They, oh, those guys. I swear to God. Um, I will. I will say. Um, if you guys are curious, Destiny is definitely on a list somewhere. It's inevitably gonna inevitably gonna happen. But I don't think it's one that we're going to rush into because 
it's still something we play all the time. It's not like I, I, I feel like we're looking for the nostalgia behind this kind of stuff. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Yeah, yeah. I think this show is a lot of it leans on nostalgia. Yeah, and we don't quite have that yet with Destiny. I mean, it's only a matter of time before we do it, just because you know this is how we met. This is how podcast our you know our podcast started. All that you know these are the communities that we are part of. Exactly. So definitely on the list. It's just not high on the list right now no i mean and the music is great don't get me wrong I, we're not saying that the music isn't worth a talking but like like jay said it's about the nostalgia and trust us when we say that there's a laundry list of games that have uh bring up the nostalgia for different people for different reasons so um yeah so this was this was episode two of Gamerscore. Like I said, we're trying to do this on a monthly basis. But again, as Jay said, sometimes scheduling is tough when you've got families and full-time jobs. It's tough. And three time zones to span across. Yes, that's also true. <laughs> true. <laughs> AKA, look back at our PvP league trying to arrange things. Um, but it's also just kind of... Uh, a result of wanting to be able to ingest all the music from the very, like there's so many games in the Zelda series that there's no way that we could do that on a, like a week after dropping the Halo episode. Hey, let's do a Zelda episode. Like we feel like it'd be great to like, like, you know, play the games again, get some of that sense of it, not just from like music apps or anything or YouTube, but like actually playing it. That's, that's part of that nostalgia feel. And it's just not possible to do in a week. Not with full-time jobs and stuff like that. And the need to spend time with family every so often. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just a week leading up to finally recording this show, you know, when we first brought up Zelda, it was, the number one question was like, where do we start? There's so yeah. much, you know? So, like, do we just do a broad cover? Do we, you want to, like, specify certain games or whatever? Like, it's, it's, it's it spans 33 years of gaming or whatever, so. Exactly. That's a lot it, of a lot of material to cover and in the end if we had like done something specific like oh let's just cover uh wind waker like as an example you could potentially alienate some people that are like well i didn't play wind waker or oh that was kind of my least favorite in the series sort of thing so it's easier to just kind of encompass the whole thing and just kind of pick and choose from the various things instead of saying focus on one much like halo was the the right. five games and various other like reach and games like that. So um, there are, I'm thinking back to the list because of people that have reached out to us. There are a couple games on there that are for the lack of better terms, as of now, one and done kind of games. Like it's one game and that's it. It's not a series, but when you've got a series of games, you got to, you, you want to listen to all that to make sure that, you're getting all the nostalgia feels there. Yeah, it'll be interesting when we have like a guest on who has played a game that neither of us have played. <laughs> so they have the nostalgia going. That'll be interesting. I think that's, I look forward to having that happen. And that should that, be and, an interesting yeah, dynamic. That should be really, I know there was, I won't mention the name, but there was one game that someone mentioned to me and I went, I've actually never played that before. That would be in, like you said, that'd be a very interesting conversation. You bring someone on and you and you basically ask them, all right, 
I have no nostalgia with this, so I want you to create that nostalgia for me. Make me feel like I need to go play that game so I can build that nostalgia. That's yep. up to you. It's Sounds up to you, right, community. Yeah. So if you want to be a guest, that's what that's what we're going to ask of you. No pressure, exactly. though. Exactly. No, no pressure at all. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So we will be in touch with all of you in our various social media forums uh, about episode three when, when we figured out when we'll be able to record that. So keep you all in the loop. But uh, for now, this is uh, going to be Gamerscore Radio signing out. Thanks for listening.